I think I'm a bit struck this morning. I didn't anticipate the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon us as we were praying and singing the gradual and participate in anticipation of the gospel reading. Um, maybe that's why I got a little ahead of myself there and had to repeat a line. Um, just overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord this morning, despite our condition, despite the conditions by which I'm speaking to you now. I'm also impressed and um, amazed at these women that come to see Jesus. These are, if you will, the altar guild of a church. These are the faithful women, faithful to the very end. They uh, aren't mentioned in the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, but we assume they're there because they were always with Jesus, we're told in the Gospels. They are definitely at the crucifixion. They are there with John, the beloved disciple. They are there the night that Jesus is placed on, in the tomb on Friday evening. They, they go and we're told in Matthew 27 that they're there and sitting across from the tomb. They know where he's been buried. And then they are there again on Easter morning. These women are amazing. Both Marys, we understand that. We have more than one Mary in our congregation. So we understand the Marys, as they are called. They have come probably to anoint Jesus' body. They will honor Jesus to the very end. It wasn't the Easter Sunday morning that they anticipated. It's definitely not the Easter Sunday morning that we anticipated. And yet here we are. And even though it's not what we expected, we can still encounter the risen Jesus. We can still find the risen Jesus on this day. He's already manifested himself to me as I was praying for each of you to stand up and speak. I want you to see in this gospel reading a couple of things. The first thing is that the two Marys are invited into the resurrection story. Resurrection, I looked it up in the Greek, I've looked at all the, what it means is to be raised from the dead. It's no more mysterious than that, to be raised up from the dead. And this resurrection story, the two Marys are the first to be privileged to walk into on Easter morning. There is an earthquake and there is an angel. This is the way God puts his exclamation point on his activity. When he causes an earthquake and an angel to appear, we know that God wants us to be unmistaken about what's going on. This is the Lord's work. Only twice in the Matthew Gospel do we hear of an angel. At the announcement of Jesus' birth, his entry into the world, Christ the incarnate Son of God, and now at his resurrection again we see this angel, these Heralds, those who come to do the bidding of the Lord. The soldiers, these rough and ready, tough men, they fall almost like dead. They are awestruck and tremble in fear to become like dead men. Isn't it strange that these big burly soldiers are scared literally to death almost? And the women are not at all overcome by this. I mean, they're, I'm sure they were shocked and startled a little bit, but, but they're not in the same way that the soldiers responding. They're not, they're not lying like dead men or standing like dead men. Instead, we are told they are filled with awe and joy. Now, it could be that the reason why they're not so 
overwhelmed by it is because these are the women who've been walking through Galilee and all of Israel with Jesus for the last three years. They've come to expect with Jesus to be ready for the miraculous. And so perhaps that has prepared them for what they encounter. They see the angel and they hear the amazing proclamation that Jesus has risen from the dead just as he told them. Just this morning, I was in my own meditation and prayer time, and and I was reading again about another occasion in the Gospels where Jesus foretold that after three days, he would rise from the dead. He says it over and over and over again, and yet the disciples are so slow to understand what incredible faith these women have. They hear the word from the angel, and they go at once in obedience to tell. Who would believe them? The disciples have have hidden. They've abandoned Jesus. They're in hiding. Who's going to believe them if they tell of this incredible miracle, this miraculous work of God? And yet they go in obedience, not worried about how their message will be received, but in obedience to what they've been told to say. And we're told again that they're saying it in joyfulness. Secondly, I want you to notice that into this account, The women encounter the resurrected Jesus. Jesus who is their Lord and masters. Now why do they grab his feet? Probably because they want to make sure he's real. They want to make sure this is not just a hallucination or a ghost that they're seeing, but that they're actually, in fact, seeing Jesus himself. They grab onto his feet. It reminds me of when my, my girls were little, I would try to leave on a, on a trip. They would grab my feet, one to the right and one to the left, and it was so hard to walk with them, but it was also just such a show of affection and love. And, and what, do these, what do these women do? They begin to worship Jesus. We worship something. As I was driving over this morning, we saw a man out washing his car, giving his time and his energy and his efforts and and his sweat and and I'm sure his money because it's a nice looking car, all that was being committed to this car. And I thought, oh friend, you're, you're worshiping the wrong thing, especially on Easter morning. These women know what to worship. They worship Jesus. They fall at his feet and they rejoice. They have met Christ Not the Christ dead on the cross. The cross is in the background now, and it's the resurrection that Jesus is standing in. He's living in resurrected life, and they get to encounter him. What happens next is Jesus repeats the angel. It's the same standard line that they've heard from the angel. It's again, go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell my family, go and tell those that I love that that I'm not angry with, that I'm not frustrated with, I'm not going to rebuke them, I just want to be with them. Tell them to go to Galilee, and there they will meet me. And we know the Apostle Paul tells us that over 500 people were witness to the resurrected Jesus over the time of the period, the roughly 50 days that that he walked the earth after his resurrection. These become the witnesses to the church for all of us that Christ has risen from the dead, a bodily glorified resurrection. And that because of that resurrection, we get to live in that resurrection hope. My third point this morning is just to recognize that these women are privileged to invite others into the resurrected life. 
That's what's going on with Cornelius and his house. And as, Paul, as Peter goes there in Acts chapter 10 and proclaims that God is not a respecter of persons, that all who believe in Jesus Christ will be raised with him and are forgiven and can know this resurrected life. Paul tells us in the Colossians passage that Scott read that we have been raised with Christ. Even though we have yet to experience the resurrected life, the glorified life, that will come at the end of days. But we have already spiritually been raised with Christ. It's already ours. It's in our bank account. We can, we can live into that reality now, even though all we have to do is wait for that to happen. We haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Christ, who was crucified, who was died and was raised again, he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. We live now, those of us who've believed in Christ in a resurrected life, in the knowledge that Christ has the ultimate authority over all creation, over everything that happens. Well, just a few things to think with you to close, close this morning. First of all, have you personally trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you admitted your need for a Savior? For one, to forgive you for the sins of your life. The, the very people that God had called to be his own people, the Israelites in the Old Testament, were, were even though they'd been given the revelation of God and the law of God, they, they were so sinful as we see throughout the Old Testament. They were constantly in need of forgiveness. How much more all the pagan peoples of the world who worshipped vain things and false gods and idols. All of us have a need to admit our need for Christ and to kneel before Christ and say, I admit that I'm a sinner. Secondly, if we, have you believed that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead? That he effectively died on the cross for your sins and was raised on the third day to new life? That is the hope. That is the promise. That is the entryway into this eternal life, this God life that we've been invited to. Have you believed that God has raised Jesus from the dead? And have you confessed him as Lord and Savior? Have you said, Jesus, be my master. Be my God. Be my leader. Be my shepherd. Teach me to hear your voice. Friends, this morning we are invited to continue living in the resurrected life. To, to walk with Jesus in this life, just as these Two Marys, these first two disciples, were privileged to, to be there. We get to, we get to live this life with a power that is not overwhelmed with the things that we don't understand, but listens for the voice of Jesus and obeys. For that is the resurrected life. We get to live this resurrected life here and now. Paul says, set your mind on things above what he really means there, it literally means to seek the things that are above. Does that mean to live as, as if you're, you know, that all the things of earth are of unimportance? Of course not. It means to live with the perspective that Christ who has been raised has all authority. And that nothing is done in the world without his permission. 
And so as Christ has allowed us to walk with him, we are changed in our hearts and minds. We're seeking those things. We're, we understand that, that the self-giving love of God is the very basis for which all life comes itself, and it's found in the person of Christ. And we get to live into that resurrected life now. We get to let Jesus permeate us with his life, living with this changed perspective that he who has been raised has all authority. Last, we get to see Jesus in our lives today. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mean that you're going to walk out of your house this afternoon and see the resurrected Jesus walking around. We don't get to see that quite yet. One day. But we get to, we get to experience the resurrected Jesus in our, spiritually all the time. As I, as I prayed for you back there, I, I was overwhelmed with the presence of Christ. And, and, he, and he does that to us over and over again. As we seek him, he makes himself known to us. We also get to see the risen Christ in the lives of other people. Just this week, I got an unexpected card in the mail from um, Michael Regis, who was a college student that came to Servants of Christ years ago, now a professional engineer living up in Tennessee. Michael just out of the blue wrote me and expressed his love and care for me and his thankfulness for my ministry and his life. And he's had a hard time recently, not just with the virus, but lost losing his father and And yet, Michael ends the card by saying, I continue to put my hope in Christ. And I pray for the best for you and all in these very trying times. Michael lived in Fort Lauderdale and came to the University of Florida. And it was at UF that Michael met Christ. And college of all places. We get to see the risen Christ in the lives of other people. Yesterday my brother called me and asked me to call him back. And I called him back and he told me that my, my nephew, Jack Farmer, this week had made a decision to accept Christ into his life. To begin to be a follower of the resurrected Jesus. And I was overwhelmed to get to pray with him. And I think he's probably watching right now. We're so excited with with you, Jack, and with Michael, and with all the number of people that we have experienced the risen Christ, the resurrected Jesus in our lives. This is the, the thing that we get to experience. Jesus greets the women greetings. Kind of a strange greeting, right? I think of Guten Morgen, if German, it's about the only German I still retained. It literally means good morning or rejoice. Greetings in the Greek is what Jesus says to them. Christ wants to walk with you through this season of virus, through this this very difficult time. Jesus wants to be closer to you than a brother or a sister. We simply need to call on him and to seek to, to see him in their lives. Later in the liturgy, I'm going to close with this. Jesus, we, we, we say in our liturgy, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Paul tells us that our lives are hidden with Christ. That that means that, that nothing that happens between now 
And Christ's return has an eternal effect on us because, because Christ has been raised from the dead. We too will be raised with him. Our lives are already hidden in him. And we get to live that resurrected life with him. And then one day, we'll understand everything that we don't now. Because we'll see that resurrected life for what it truly is. It's hidden now, Paul says. But one day it'll be revealed. I pray that joy of Resurrection Sunday on each of you and for each of you. I pray that you know and walk with the resurrected Christ. I love the fact that we don't just celebrate Easter as one day, but that we have 50 days of this season to experience and to rejoice in all that we have in Christ, that our lives are hidden within, that we get to live out the resurrected story. Let's pray. Gracious Father, bless, Lord, and watch over your people dispersed, We may be apart, Lord, but we are not alone. We thank you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, in whose name we proclaim, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.